Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 107 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer joining you from Ice District in Rogers Place. Oilers finishing up a practice. Uh, Connor McDavid has spoken and said that, uh, well, Dave Tippett has spoken as well. They're not ruling out the possibility that uh, he may play, but uh, final decision, and it's ultimately up to the doctor. Second hour of orders now brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We're going to go straight off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline as we are joined for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar Brian Burke from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. What did you think of the game last night between Edmonton and Boston? I thought Edmonton was sleepy in the first, and then I thought they took over the game. I thought the second period they played really well, really scrappy and hard. And, um, you know, this was a special teams battle, obviously, and the PK on both teams won. But I thought Edmonton played well enough to win that game. Got six guys out. Take us through the mindset of a manager in that situation. You know, Edmonton's got $30 million out of the lineup right now. Their best player, uh, with all due respect to Leon Dreisettle, is having a tremendous season. Well, wait a sec. He's had two tremendous seasons, so he's right up there. But you know what I'm saying here. They don't have McDavid. They didn't have Clefbaum last night. They didn't have Neal and Cassian. 63 goals out of their – that's their top line when Edmonton beat Boston earlier. Um but a manager and a coach can't think that way, can they? No. I mean, you have to play with the guys you have. And obviously it's uh, um, obviously it's, it's all about wins and points at this time of year. And they, people forget they were trailing in the game and they came back and got a point out of it. And that point could, be, could determine a playoff spot or a playoff seating. And so points are vital. They, you would have preferred to get two the way you played, but... But as far as who dresses, there's lots of teams dressing lineups. Maybe not uh, missing players of the caliber that Edmonton is, but there's lots of banged-up teams right now. In your experience, who instills belief in a room? Who instills belief in a room? Well, I think your best players, if they have leadership skills. Yeah. But you you can be... You know, not not one of the famous best players. I mean, a lot of guys from the Edmonton Oilers will tell you they think Kevin Lowe was was a really important voice in the room, really important voice. So um, it, it depends. You know, if you got born leaders, you got guys that lead by example. Um, 
but I think it's usually your best players have to have to be the ones that show you how to play. What about a coach? Does does coaching play a factor in instilling confidence and belief in a team? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Dave Tippett's done a wonderful job there. You go back at, at the preseason. You look at all the experts and uh, find anyone who had Edmonton in first place or fighting for first place in their division. The answer is you won't find anyone. Or Vancouver, you won't find anyone. So in both places, the coaches deserve a ton of credit. Does it also, I mean, there's there's various variables during the course of the season and things happen. I mean, most people had either Vegas or Calgary as the, the top two teams. Calgary obviously dealt with something that nobody could have predicted. Uh, they've now got some injuries with a couple of their top defensemen. Uh, they've been really good on the road, not very good at home. Vegas, I think it's fair to say they've been a disappointment. They've tried to adjust that a bit. They fired Gerard Glant. Nobody saw that coming. It shows you... Brian, and Gary doesn't like the word parity, so the word might be competitive balance. But we really do have that in hockey, don't we? Well, that's what a hard cap system is designed to produce, is is parity and competitive balance. So that a big market team can't outspend a small market team. And the other component of the collective bargain agreement that's critical is the revenue sharing component so that low-revenue teams are given revenue so they can compete. So people say, well, how can the Florida Panthers keep going the way they're going? And I, I think they got $30 million U.S. last year in revenue sharing. So that's how that's the answer is that's how they compete. So um, and I know that's a sore point with you, but um, <laughs> I know that, you know, that's what a hard cap system is designed to produce. Is you look at the turnover in the playoff teams in the NFL, the number of different teams that have made the playoffs and had some success, and that's because of the hard cap. Well, you mentioned that. I actually met Vinny Viola uh, when Florida was here the night of the 85 reunion, uh, Brian, and it's interesting. I look at what's going on with Florida, and I wonder if at some point we might see a surprising player get moved out of Florida because they might want to shave some real dollars. Has that ever, like, I, I don't mean to ask you to open the business kimono up too much, but has a, has an owner ever come to you and said, Brian, you got to scale back our operation a bit? No, because, again, with the revenue-sharing component, I don't believe that there's a revenue issue in Florida that would cause them to sell players off. Okay. Um, and, and I hear Trocek's name repeatedly, but with the win last night, if I'm not mistaken, Florida's in the playoffs. Yes. And he's a hell of a player. He's yeah, a good player. He's having an off year compared to prior years, maybe, but he's a hell of a player and scored a goal last night, an amazing goal. Uh, so I, I have not I've heard his name, but I haven't heard it's for um, financial reasons. I heard it's because they want to see if they can get better. Yeah. Well, they're definitely looking for a defenseman. You wonder if they were, you know, looking for a mid-price defenseman. They scratched Matheson last night. We just were down there, and I saw them play, and, and frankly, you know, they, they got blown out at home, and they didn't have much juice against Edmonton. Now, the two teams Edmonton's played in the last five games without Connor McDavid, that I mean, these teams are great teams, are Boston and Tampa Bay, and they're both playing like a, a house on fire. You're in Toronto a lot, and I know there's a lot of trepidation in that Toronto market right now, Brian. And is part of that because Leafs fans aren't stupid? They know how good both Tampa Bay and Boston are? Well, uh, right now they're out of a playoff spot. So there's a, a lot of panic in the city, and... Um, They've had two embarrassing losses, and, and it's more the how they lost than the fact that they lost. Uh, the effort wasn't there. The defensive coverage has been abysmal, or almost non-existent. 
Uh, the quality of the chances they're giving up is scary. Pittsburgh just schooled them the other night. And I think the frustration here is that it's the way they play. They're good players. They're all having good years, but it's the way they play. And I really, unless they make an adjustment and commit to better defensive coverage and harder work, they're going to have a hard time getting in. Is that what's happened here at Edmonton? Is I mean, Dave Tippett, 21-point improvement in Dallas, 28-point improvement first year he went to Arizona. Has his ability to get this team to check and commit defensively, even though they're only middle of the pack defensively, Brian, they're number one on the power play. They're number two on the penalty kill. For the four previous years, Brian, Edmonton had the worst penalty killing in the NHL. So is, is, is that part of the success that's occurred here, especially during this recent slew of injuries? Well, it's, it's not part of it. It's a major, major part of it. I mean, the way they play, they're hard to play against. Yeah, I like the fact he's putting in players like Archibald and Kyra appears to play a little bit more. And these are guys who are hard to play against. Guys don't like playing against guys that hit them and get in their way and punch them in the face once in a while. So I think it's that. It's his, his layering system where you have to beat multiple layers to get to a good scoring chance. The goaltending has been phenomenal. But that special team statistic is impossible. Nobody's first and second in both of those things. You know, it's, a team would typically tell you they want to, a championship team would say they want to be somewhere around an average of seven to nine. Yeah. So if they're seventh in the power play and seventh in the PK, that's a really good team. And some of them, they're in the top three in power play and they're 15 to 18 in PK. So um, what, what, Edmonton has done so far this year is miraculous. It's nothing short of a miracle. Dave Tippett's done a great job, and I think there's been a focus on, certainly my focus has been, when you talk about the Adams Trophy, is is a focus on guys that have continued to win with depleted lineups, like Tortorella did for a good while, and like Paul Maurice has done all year. Well, that's just what, what Edmonton's doing right now. Yeah, well, I vote on it. I want to, as you know, the broadcasters have the privilege of voting on that, and he has to merit consideration uh, for I agree. that. Uh, in your world, would Leon Dreisaitl be a Hart Trophy candidate? Not the candidate. He's the winner for me. He's I, the- I think he's been the best player in the league, hands down. I, I don't even think it's close. Nathan McKinnon's having a great year, but I think he's got a better supporting cast myself. I think he's got better players around him, and I think what Leon has done, obviously. He doesn't play with Connor, so people he doesn't have power play. But the people say, "Oh, he plays with Connor McDavid." No, he doesn't. He has his own line, and he's he's you know, like, Kyler Yamamoto's made a big difference in giving him a legit second line, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a really good player. But I think what Leon's doing is just remarkable, and he kills penalties. Not too many of those guys that you're talking about for Hart trophies kill penalties. This guy's on the first PK. He wins face-offs like he was out of his mind last night on face-offs. Uh, against Bergeron. Against yeah. like the 57.5% face-off guy. Was- yeah, I said this on TV last night, and you wouldn't have seen it, Bob, because you were working, but they asked, is he a candidate? And I said, in, in my mind, he's the guy. Now, there's still a bunch of games left. but Right. I, and I don't think people realize how fast he is. He's a big-body guy, but he still has really good wheels. He back-checked last night one time and caught everybody. Yeah. So to me, he's you know you talk you gotta I think when you talk about most valuable, I'll give you an example. Kale McCarr, who's a wonderful player, or Quinn Hughes for Rookie of the Year. To me, Quinn Hughes is doing more with less than Kale McCarr is doing with Colorado. Yeah. So to me, he's a more valuable guy. And I look at what Leon's doing, 
not on the first line, not playing with Connor. Well, it might, it might be the first. It is the first line right now, obviously. But uh, I just marvel at him, and and that's the cool thing about doing these radio shows. I never followed the Edmonton Oilers till last year, right? And now I follow them closely, and and I'm so impressed with what they've done this year. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's, it's it's gone well, uh, Brian. Uh, we're gonna switch focus here. Uh, there's been some moves made already. Um, I, I we know that the Oilers were in on Blake Coleman. We've already had Ken Holland on the show today. I love Coleman as a player. Tampa Bay's made themselves better. Which really good team, top five team in the league, needs to? I mean, Pittsburgh went out and they they grabbed Zucker. Um, you know. Is with Colorado? I don't know if you got Colorado as a top five, maybe top eight team, but which team do you think still needs to make some noise between now and the deadline? Well, I think the gold standard in the East. Let's assume you're an Eastern Conference team, and you want to try to win it. You, you got if you're going to make a, a trade with the horrible price tag of the Coleman deal, like that's a first round pick, and it's it's Toronto's for or, or Vancouver's first round pick, yeah, and. Nolan Foote, who was a first-round pick himself and is considered an elite prospect. That's a horrible price to pay. But it's not if you win a championship. If you have a parade, it's like the same thing. I thought Edmonton did a good job on the Pronger deal with me. I thought I overpaid. It was a first-round pick, Joffrey Lupo, Laddie Smead, and another first-round pick if we played in the finals, which they collected. Yep. Um, but it, no one ever talks about that trade and says, oh, Anaheim overpaid. They say Anaheim went out and won a cup. This, to me, might put Tampa over the top. That's how good a player I think Coleman is. Okay. And I think he can go up and down in your lineup. He kills penalties. He's got great foot speed, good cap hit for next year. I thought it was a brilliant acquisition. And, and yes, it's a steep price, but they are now, in my mind, they were already considered one of the top two teams in the, or three teams in the East, Washington and Boston being the others. Now Pittsburgh's put themselves in the conversation the way they've played, and they're playing as good a team game as anyone right now. So you're in the West. I think that the best team is St. Louis, no question in my mind, um, even though they're scuffling a bit right now. I think Vegas is legit if they get their game together. They've been much better recently, not the last couple games necessarily, but the last you know the 20 games they've been much better. So And then um, Dallas for me. So if you're the Leafs or if you're Florida, if they get in or uh, whatever teams get in and you want to pay that price, if it doesn't make you good enough to beat one of those teams, I'm not sure it makes sense. So who else needs to make a deal? I don't see Dallas doing much. I don't see St. Louis doing much. They get Tarasenko back uh, pretty soon. Um, I don't see them doing much in the West. In the East, Washington already made a move to pick up Brendan Dillon. Um Pittsburgh made their move to pick up pick up Jason Zucker, and um, I'm not sure if Boston's going to do anything or not. I know they've traded picks the last couple of years to get deadline assets, and obviously it paid off uh, a couple of years ago. They spent two picks to bring in uh, Johansson and uh, and Coyle, yep. and um, you know the, those those moves paid off nicely. All right, one final one for you. I'm going to ask you to, uh, and I've got a memory like an elephant, so. It might be easier for a guy, you know, and you've been in a lot of different organizations. Was there ever a trade in around this time that didn't get consummated that you look back and say, 
man, am I happy we didn't do that trade because maybe things didn't work out for you come playoff time. Uh, but maybe you were I, maybe you were discussing loading up and your you know your team ended up getting some injuries down the stretch and the prospect you were going to give turned out to be a hell of a player for you. Anything come across your mind like that? It doesn't leap to mind because mainly because I wasn't a big deadline guy, as you know. Yeah. I, I I don't like the trade deadline as a GM. First off. And by the way, I checked again. So this is good information. I checked with the league again. They're only going to award one Stanley Cup this year. I checked. Really? There's only yeah. one cup? Okay. Only one. So you're going to see 15, 16 teams make deals at the deadline. Some just to get in. Some maybe to win around. But if you pay too steep a price and it backfires on you, there's way more mistakes made at the deadline than, than home runs. So I don't recall a trade like that, but that's mainly because I wasn't a deadline guy. Yeah. Well, and that, that puts things in great perspective. There is only one Stanley Cup. I mean, and, and, Bob, and, Bob, I'll show my age here, but there are people listening that remember this. Remember the blue light special at Kmart? Okay, sure. So the, a blue light would go on in one aisle, and some item in there would be on sale for, you know, toothpaste would be on sale for a dollar off. And, and 20 shopping carts would converge on this one section to get this blue light special. That's what the trade deadline's like. There's a handful of good players that can make a difference on your team and 20 teams trying to get them. whole bunch of GMs trying to add some guys that can get some more red lights for them. And we, <laughs> yeah. we end up with a blue light. You know what? You're, you're, you're lying on the illumination of analytics and now the blue light special of the trade deadline. Those are a couple beauties. Brian, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Bob. You bet. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, longtime NHL executive, uh, that is Brian Burke, courtesy of our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Electrical, prefabrication, and solar, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service. You already know the cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. You know what happened? Brendan, this is this is a bad story. I, I got to share this with you. So we got a new vehicle out at uh, Brent Ridge Ford. It's an F-150. And a guy, a Calgary Flames fan, detailed the vehicle and said he had a couple little surprises for me. So today was the first day to, to, to gas up the truck again. And once I opened up the gas cap, guess what I saw? A Calgary Flames logo where you push the uh, nozzle into. Anyways, that might be appropriate. and I don't know what it represented other than the fact that the, the guy from uh, Brent Ridge Ford in Calgary was having some fun with me. Brent Ridge Ford is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They got Uncle Milt, Johnny, Rich, and the gang out of Brent Ridge Ford. Most of them Oilers fans. Uh, they're blowing out their F-150s uh, or 2019s up to 20K off select models. Give Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin a call 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. We'll get to some Ashley Fine Floors texts when we come back. And- hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And uh, as well, tell you about the injury report, which has a lot to do with the Emmett's Oilers. Ken Holland talking today. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, everybody, it's 126 in Edmonton. Uh, we will go to the Oilers injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. Jim Brown uh, was around the 1963 Memorial Cup champion Edmonton Oil Kings. Trent Brown later uh, winning a Grey Cup with the Edmonton Eskimos in 1993. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. Here's Brendan Escott. All right, Bob. Well, we'll go around the league first. Uh, Ducks defenseman Cam Fowler day-to-day with a lower body ailment. Uh, Evgeny Malkin day-to-day with an illness, as is Calgary's Derek Ryan. Jets defenseman Lucas Spiza on the IR now with an upper body injury. Uh, Just trying to dig up where I can recap quickly all of the information that we got from uh, Ken Holland this afternoon, Bob, but it sounds like it's going to be a decision tomorrow morning made between doctors and McDavid, whether he'll suit up or join them later on on this road trip. No definite timeline for Chris Russell and James Neal. It sounds like he's not close. Yes, uh, that is uh, right. So, uh, McDavid uh, and multiple uh, media members in town, many of them who are outstanding in their roles, tweeted out, uh, you know, game time uh, could be a decision tomorrow morning on Connor McDavid. Uh, two to three weeks on James Neal. Not really an update on Chris Russell with the uh, concussion. Uh, Nygaard getting a pin taken out uh, during the time that the orders are away and uh, still uh, multiple weeks away from returning the lineup. Oilers have missed his speed a little bit in a support role. Oh, Oscar Clefbaum did skate today along with Cassie and McDavid with an earlier group, uh, but still out uh, timeline. Uh, Ken Holland saying two to three weeks. All right, it's 128 in Edmonton. We'll go to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Ian Herbers, former Oilers player and coach, head coach of the University of Alberta. When we return in Oilers now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.